0: Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Friday, November the 10th. And, you know, tomorrow, November the 11th, is Veterans Day. So we want to, we want to say Happy Veterans Day in advance, a few hours in advance. But nevertheless, uh, Happy Veterans Day to all the veterans uh, in the audience. Uh, one of the great holidays of the year when we remember the men and women who wore the uniform of the United States. So it's just a great holiday. If you are, are not familiar with the story of Veterans Day, it actually goes back to World War I. November 11th was the day that that war ended, and ever since, we have uh, designated November 11th as Veterans Day. Now, it's a little bit longer than that. I've given you kind of a very brief history of it, but it does have something to do with, with World War I, uh, November 11th. I think it's November 11th at the 11th hour. I think something like that. Very interesting story. I would encourage you to read a little bit about it. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the great holidays, Veterans Day. What else, uh, what else can you say? You know, I have a post over at the American Thinker Friday morning, uh, and it's more of the sanctuary city blues. What is happening uh, across the country is that more and more Democrat cities and Democrat politicians are starting to basically come to terms with the reality that uh, they cannot handle all the migrants. The latest one that I referred to in my post is the governor of Massachusetts, a very liberal lady who was all in favor of sanctuary cities, I guess, before people came. And now she's basically saying, look, we don't have any room. We don't have any room. In fact, she's telling people to go somewhere else. Go Go somewhere else. Go, don't come to Massachusetts. And it, it's just again, it's it's very typical of what's happening in 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 many of these sanctuary cities, whether it's New York and now uh, Boston. And a, 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 what many of these mayors want to do, or governors want to do, is that they want the federal government to bail them out. Basically, that's what uh, what it's all about. They they want the federal government to bail them out by sending them money so that they can just pay for this without having to address the real issue. Of course, the real issue is not money. The real issue is the border policy uh, that has allowed five, six, five million, whatever the number is, of people to come into the United States in these circumstances. And the country was not ready for this. The country was not ready for an inflow of people of this magnitude. It has created not just problems in New York, but really problems everywhere. Because you cannot absorb that many people that quickly. Five million people—that's the population of uh, more more people, I think, than Louisiana or Oklahoma or Arkansas. I mean, it's simply too many people coming in too quickly, and and that, of course, has created this terrible mess and the sanctuary city blues, as I refer to it in my in my post. To so check it out over at the American Thinker. There are also some very interesting new polls that are coming out. And you're starting to see now a tendency in these polls. As I've always told you, polls are, you don't want to bank too much in one poll or another because these things change and it's all based on the sample or the questions. So I've always taken polls seriously to a point. But I do look at the tendency. In other words, I look at the trend. Because that's the more important thing. What is the trend? What are the polls saying for the last uh, few months? And what we're seeing is two things. Number one, President Trump is leading President Biden pretty much across the board. If you look at the last 20, 30, 50 polls, when they go head to head, President Trump is winning. Now, it's within the margin of error. So let's not get too excited. It's within the margin of error in the popular vote. But nevertheless, he is leading uh, President uh, President Biden. The other thing, and we've seen this uh, now a couple of times here in the last couple of weeks, where when you go state by state, and when you look at some of these so-called swing states, President Trump is winning again. For example, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona. Those five states would flip right now if President uh If the election was held now, what would be the consequence of that? That Trump would win the election because all of those electoral votes, of course, would go to President Trump and he would win the Electoral College. So this is what's happening. More and more people are rejecting the presidency of Joe Biden. Now, one another thing that I would caution people about is that many of these bad polls are not necessarily a yearning for Trump. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I think Trump did a good job as president. But what I'm trying to tell you is that there's many of these negative polls are as much a rejection of Joe Biden as anything else. Because a lot of people are just very disenchanted with his uh, time as president. I mean, if you look at all the major issues, he's underwater in just about everything, whether it's the economy, whether it's the border, foreign policy. I mean, there's just a great disenchantment with what uh, he's doing as uh, as president. And that explains, I think, many of these polls. Now, it's not that they necessarily love Trump, but they clearly dislike uh, President uh, President Biden. So I think you got to read these polls carefully. And it's still going to be, I think, a, a tough battle, no matter what happens in 2024, because the Democrats are going to play the abortion card. Get ready for that. Get ready for that. The Democrats are really going to play the abortion card to get around all these other issues because they want to get some of the young people to vote. And one of the ways they get them to vote is by talking about abortion. So you got to be ready. The Democrats are going to be playing the abortion card. The Republicans better be ready for it. And they're going to have to come up with a very practical answer when it comes to abortion. And, and the answer is you, you don't want to have a ban, meaning you don't want to say that a, the woman cannot have an abortion, what you want to say is that there has to be a right to an abortion, but at the same time, it has to be within certain time limits. I think that's the solution. And Nikki Haley, the other night in that uh, debate, I thought explained it as well as anybody. She said, look, it's a personal decision, and but you you have to be willing to be compassionate about it. So my feeling on a personal level, I oppose abortion. But as a practical matter, as a policy matter, I think you have to be willing to say, okay, we're going to have a window where you can have an abortion 10 weeks, 15 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever, whatever the consensus is. And then from there on, no, no late term abortion. Now, the other thing, too, that is happening, and and, and that is that once, you know, once you send abortion back to the states, you're going to have a lot of different uh, solutions to abortion. For example, Ohio. In Ohio, they just recently approved a uh, constitutional amendment basically guaranteeing a woman's right to an abortion. Well, that's to be expected in many states, because in many states, women are saying, we're not for abortion, but we do not think it's right for the government to ban abortion under any circumstances. So uh, there's going to have to be some negotiating. The Republicans are going to have to be smart when it comes to abortion, but again, you got to understand the Democrats want to do nothing but talk about abortion in 2024. That's all they want to talk about is abortion, 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 and we're going to have to be ready uh, to deflect those uh, attacks and then force the Democrats to talk about the economy and the border and everything else, which is where uh, the Republicans are leading as far as the American people on the election. One big political story, that uh, the last 24 hours is that Senator Manchin of West Virginia has decided that he's not going to run for re-election. Now, that's not a shock because he was not going to be re-elected in West Virginia. He simply has no path to re-election. So that means that that seat in West Virginia is going to flip uh, Republican in 2024. So that's a good news. That's good news uh, to say the least. And there are other possibilities for the Republicans said, well Montana, Ohio. There's a, a couple of possibilities there. But the larger question is, what is Senator Manchin going to do now? Because if you listen to the little speech that he gave, it was a good speech. I liked it. I think he, he's clearly talking about looking to run for president. That's how it came across to me. And I think he would run for president as an independent. There's a, a, a party out there called the No Labels Party, and I think I can see, I can see very clearly. Uh, Senator Manchin running as the candidate of the no-labels party as an alternative to both parties, simply saying both parties are not doing the job. Let us in the middle or the independents or whatever they call themselves uh, do it. I don't think he can win that way. I just don't think that there are enough people in the middle to elect uh, a third-party candidate. But I do think a third-party candidate would take votes away from uh the Democrat or the Republicans. So the net effect of a third-party candidate, and then when you add Robert F. Kennedy to that mix as well, I think that's going to hurt the Democrats, by the way. Manchin and and Kennedy are going to hurt the Democrats more than the Republicans or Trump. But again, that's all in the future. That's just my impression about that uh, right now. A couple of things as we close today, a couple of things on this day in history. We say happy number 248 to the U.S. Marines, one of the great organizations of all time. The Marines became official on this day in 1775. So happy number 248 uh, to the Marines. And, you know, we we say goodbye to a a real personality of the 20th century, and that's Frank Borman, who passed away the last couple of days. Frank uh, was 95 years old. You probably remember Frank Borman because he was one of the one of the three men who was on Apollo 8 when they went around the moon for the first time. You may remember that they read from the book of Genesis all the way up in space on Christmas Eve 1968. After Apollo 8, Frank Borman became the president of Eastern Airlines, and that's probably how many people remember him doing those commercials that he used to do for Eastern Airlines. So Frank Borman, one of the great Americans, of the 20th century passed away in the last couple of days 95 years old great career and we certainly thank him for his service in the u.s navy as well as uh in uh, in the space program he was one of the pioneers he was one of the i'm not sure if he was part of that right stuff group that started this but he was certainly one of the early ones and i do think he went not just on On the Apollo program, but I think he was also part of the Gemini program, which is the other program of that uh, of that time in the space program. So rest in peace, Mr. Frank Borman, great American, great uh, great individual, great uh, patriot. And I love those commercials he used to make for Easter Airlines. I bet a lot of people remember him uh, for that as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. Go Cowboys! They've got a big game coming up on. On Sunday, they should win, but uh, you know, you never know in the NFL. The team that is supposed to win doesn't always win, as uh, as we know. Bye, bye, everybody. Have a great weekend.